Um, my name is Mia, and I'm nine years old. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Jesus is better than anything else because he was willing to die just for us. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. How's it going, friends? Alicia Yoder here, and I'm glad to be with you on another episode of the Jesus is Better podcast. One thing I like to do each morning is tell Jesus that I want him to be in charge of my life today and that I want his kingdom to come in the world and in my family. Then he can help me to see what's important for the day and what's not. And he can do the same for you. Last week, Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them how to pray. And he also taught them what his father was like and that the Pharisees didn't really understand what it meant to follow God. More and more people heard about Jesus so that crowds of many thousands would come to listen to him. Our story begins today with so many people gathered that they were stepping on one another. Jesus spoke first to his disciples. The Pharisees just pretend to be godly, but everything that is secret will be brought out into the open. Everything that is hidden will be uncovered. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. What you have whispered to someone behind closed doors will be shouted from the rooftops. My friends, listen to me. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body, but can't do any more than that. Aren't five sparrows sold for two pennies? But God does not forget even one of them. In fact, he even counts every hair on your head. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. What about someone who says in front of others that he knows me? I tell you, the Son of Man will say in front of God's angels that he knows that person. But what about someone who says in front of others that he doesn't know me? I, the Son of Man, will say in front of God's angels that I don't know him. You will be brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities. But don't worry about how to stand up for yourselves or what to say. The Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Someone in the crowd spoke to Jesus. Teacher, he said, tell my brother to divide the family property with me. Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge or umpire between you? Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against wanting to have more and more things. 
Life is not made up of how much a person has. Then Jesus told them a story. He said, A certain rich man's land produced a very large crop. He thought to himself, What should I do? I don't have any place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones to store my extra grain. I'll say to myself, You have plenty of grain stored away for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and have a good time. But God said to him, You foolish man, tonight I will take your life away from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? That is how it will be for whoever stores things away for themselves, but is not rich in the sight of God. Then Jesus spoke to his disciples. He said, I tell you, do not worry. Don't worry about your life and what you will eat. And don't worry about your body and what you will wear. There is more to life than eating. There are more important things for the body than clothes. Think about the ravens. They don't plant or gather crops. They don't have any barns at all. But God feeds them. You are worth much more than birds. Can you add even one hour to your life by worrying? You can't do that very little thing. So why worry about the rest? Think about how the wildflowers grow. They don't work or make clothing. But here's what I tell you. Not even Solomon in his royal robes was dressed like one of those flowers. If that is how God dresses the wild grass, how much better will he dress you? After all, the grass is here only today. Tomorrow it is thrown into the fire. Your faith is so small. Don't spend time thinking about what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about it. People who are ungodly run after all those things. Your father knows that you need them. But put God's kingdom first. Then those other things will also be given to you. Little flock, don't be afraid. Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Give to those who are poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. Store up riches in heaven that will never be used up. There no thief can come near it. There no moth can destroy it. Your heart will be where your riches are. Be dressed and ready to serve. Keep your lamps burning. Be like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding dinner. When he comes and knocks, they can open the door for him at once. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready when he comes. What I'm about to tell you is true. The master will then dress himself so he can serve them. He will have them take their places at the table, and he will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready. It will even be good if he comes in the middle of the night or toward morning. But here is what you must understand. 
Suppose the owner of the house knew at what hour the robber was coming. He would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready. The Son of Man will come at an hour when you don't expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this story to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Suppose a master puts one of his servants in charge of his other servants. The servant's job is to give them the food they are to receive at the right time. The master wants a faithful and wise manager for this. It will be good for the servant if the master finds him doing his job when the master returns. What I'm about to tell you is true. The master will put that servant in charge of everything he owns. Okay, so what kinds of things do you like to keep hidden? A secret from a friend? A toy you don't want your little brother to touch? Something you did at school that you don't want your mom or dad to find out about? When I was little and we got candy for Christmas or Easter... I would find a place in my closet to hide mine so that my little brother wouldn't eat it because he always finished his before I finished mine. But I also hid something from my parents when I was young. At school, I would eat my lunch slower than the rest of the kids. They would rush outside to the playground, leaving me sitting alone at the table. So I quit eating most of my lunch. My parents asked my teacher to ask me if I'd eaten my lunch. And one time, when she asked me, I said yes when I really hadn't. I felt guilty until I told them what I'd done. I lied because I cared more about what my parents thought of me than about the God who could see inside my heart. I didn't understand that the God who keeps an eye on tiny sparrows could see all the secrets of my heart and cared enough to send his son to take my punishment for every lie and every time I got it wrong. He wants us to keep coming to him again and again when we sin, believing that we don't have to be afraid of being discovered because he has already covered in his righteousness those who have called him their king. He knew that his disciples wouldn't follow him perfectly, but promised to send them his Holy Spirit to be their teacher, helping them to know how to spread his good news and talk about him to those who wanted to kill them because of their faith in Christ. And the same Holy Spirit also helps us to believe the truth that we are God's beloved children so that we don't have to worry so much about what other people think or say about us. Sometimes I've tried to just decide I'm not going to care what other people say about me, but it doesn't work very well. Satan loves to try and trap us into thinking God doesn't care about us, that he isn't protecting us or shepherding us in his kingdom. When we feel that way, we can ask God to help us believe that we are never forgotten, and that he treasures us. Then we can care about loving our parents and friends more than impressing them. 
he can also help us from living a life of selfishness, like that man who asked Jesus to tell his brother to give him some of his father's land. He has given us brothers and sisters and friends who we share our toys with, play games that they want to play, and comfort when they feel sad. When we feel like something just isn't fair, God wants us to receive his love and ask him to help us receive the gifts he does want to give us and to believe that something better is coming so that we can share what we have now, not being afraid that we'll be left with nothing if we give. And as we give our time and help and kindness, our hearts can become rich in wanting what God wants and in believing that his love can fill the times we feel afraid or discouraged. Have you ever asked your mom or dad what you're having for dinner? And they said, well, I don't really feel like making food for you tonight, so we're just going to have nothing. When someone takes care of us, it surprises us when they don't. Even if we've never said thank you, for all the times they have taken care of us. The birds don't say thank you to our Heavenly Father for giving them food, and the flowers don't say thank you for making them look so pretty, but He loves taking care of His creation, just as He loves taking care of us, even when we forget to thank Him. He even bought a kingdom for us with Jesus' blood so that we could be like sheep, who are led and cared for by their kind shepherd in a green pasture. And when we start to worry about what might happen in the future, or that we might do something to hurt someone or let them down, we can talk with God about them and let Him take care of the rest. And anything we sell or give or offer of our time and money is never wasted because it's like we're sending it on ahead to enjoy in our eternal life on the new earth. This life now of being kind to others is a way to make God look good and to share in his joy. It often feels easy to be selfish, but God loves helping us to show his heart of love to our parents and siblings and teachers and friends. Sometimes it might feel like all we're doing all day long is helping people, like the servants in the story Jesus told. But Jesus was like the master who came home and ended up serving the servants. He served by giving his own life so that we could live forever with him. And he'll keep serving us by welcoming us to his banquet on the new earth and letting us enjoy his blessings for all of eternity. One thing I like to do when I'm laying in bed trying to fall asleep is to play the thank you game. I ask God to help me think of some things I can thank him for, and then I just start whispering them back to him wherever my mind starts to go, like, Thank you, Jesus, for my children who are feeling healthy. Thank you for our pellet stove keeping our house warm. Thank you for letting me be your daughter. 
Thank you for the fun movie I got to watch last night. Thank you for all the times I got to laugh with my kids today. Why not try playing the next time you're lying in bed? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to worry because you are taking care of our hearts and our bodies. Would you give us hearts that want to serve others so that we can be more like you? We love you. Amen. Okay, boys and girls, let's keep enjoying Jesus, and I'll talk to you next time.